Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Crew 3 Podcast. And I do say Crew 3 because we are at full boy numbers today. Because I got full Ricky force. and Chris with me. Gentlemen, say hello. Hey. Hello. And gentlemen, and gentlemen hold on. Do, do, do you hear something? Oh, what is it? <laughs> it is Icoria time. We are here. It is exciting. We're going to talk a lot about Icoria spoilers this week. Uh, and next week, obviously, because we only got about half right. the spoilers right now. The spoilers don't stop. And then, uh, you know, we're going to talk a little. So how we're going to format this week, we're going to talk about the new mechanics in Ikoria. And then we're going to go into just sort of some of the cards we think are big standout representations of those mechanics. And then mm-hmm. we're going to talk about, because I think, you know, last week was pretty interesting when we had the decklist build discussion, right? And I want to take mm-hmm. us into a look at how the format adjusted from Theros being released like a week or two before, just sort of where we're at now with the format, right? And then mm-hmm. next week, we're going to wrap up our spoiler thoughts and go ahead and sort of start pitching ideas of decks that could potentially become a thing, maybe merge, you know, type of deal uh, as we get ready for this new set to at least take over our online playing. Sure. And then, of course, because we're sort of in this flux, right, um, we're going to skip Does It Slap this week and next week. Uh, but we're going to bring it back right after that. The set actually fully releases online. Uh, but, you know, with time willing, we might do another story time. We'll see how we go there. Before we dive into it, I do want to say, give a quick shout out to the Crew 3 Podcast Discord, which you can find a link in the description for coming out and joining us in our little Pioneer Challenge this week on MTGO, which, of course, was streamed. Uh, of course, Chris was... I'm thankful enough that Chris is able to join me in the sort of commentator's booth, right? As we were playing mm-hmm, and just mm-hmm. observing some matches. Um, oh, that was a lot of fun. It was a lot, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Uh, it was awesome the deck list people came out with on a 50-tick budget, right? Like, no one played the same deck. No one played the same 75. Like, there's obviously some color share because, you know, there's only five colors of magic. But uh, no one right. showed up with the same deck list. And, right. you know... All unique decks. We saw a sort of a low end of the tick usage. Then we even had one player who, like was right on, like, the money. Like, he was five cents right. off. And then I think mm-hmm. mid-tournament run, his deck <laughs> cost actually ticked over by, like, another, like, ten cents. Yeah, like, yeah, in yeah. In the middle the hours it, that he played, it was actually worth more. Yeah, so that was kind of funny, interesting to watch. But shout-out to Wonky Wombat, our first and inaugural Discord champion, taking it down with a very lightning-fast Orzov aggro deck list. Mm-hmm. Kind of had a human theme, kind of had a warrior theme mm-hmm. going on. Plenty of Lords, plenty of Menace, got a lot of damage through. Also, one thing I did like about his deck list, we never got to really see it in the games we uh, we watched, right? Uh, but mm-hmm. I did like that he he recognized the fact that a Thoughtseize effect was very important to his deck list. And instead right. of going like the Agonizer Remorse route, he went ahead and like played Drillbit, which I thought like yes. played in that, kept that one mana cost, and just definitely played into his deck style. Yeah, when you're aggressive, it kind of does the same thing. A lot of times, like, a lot of times it's not as important to Thoughtseize on turn one. Um, it, it, it can be, like... Uh, but when you're aggro, a lot of times, like, you want to get your board presence down first. Mm-hmm. You know, that way you're presenting a clock, and then you can take away the opponent's sweeper, their mid-range threat that's going to mess up your strategy. Especially if your threats are redundant, taking, like, a random fatal push may not be as good for you, um, because, you know, whatever. Like, your guys all do the same thing. Mm-hmm. You really want to be getting the, the big boy. So getting a threat down kind of is along the game plan anyway, so... But Smart it recognition. Was, it was pretty great to see what people come up with 50 ticks. I mean, you know, a friend of the podcast, uh, Ed, also knows Wolty. Um, mm-hmm. If you go, because all the deck lists are up on the Twitter account, you can go find those there. Uh, you yep. know, he played essentially a deck he's been playing Pioneer forever in Mono Blue Devotion. He just couldn't play with yep. Brazen Borrowers. Right. Um, and then we right. had a player, unfortunately, had to drop early on, but they actually registered Lotus Breach. And it turns out if you make a couple sideboard concessions, Lotus Breach is just under 50 ticks. 
Nice. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yes. How much of the yeah. fields? Like a couple ticks. Yeah, a couple ticks. Like I checked. Yeah. I did the math. Like wow. there are easy cuts you can make in that deck, and it is still good to go. There you go. So food for thought if you want to play some budget pioneer on MTGO while most of us are at home here, and hopefully we can if we get some more response, we'll do another one of these uh, at some point. Yeah, maybe maybe not budget, we'll, but you know we're going to try and keep doing the challenges, keep people mm-hmm. playing on the Discord. I mean it was a lot of fun. Everyone was talking up. I mean the Discord is already active, but man, like Sunday was super active. Like a lot of like game talking between rounds and stuff like that. A lot of good conversation oh, yeah. on plays being activity. made. It's awesome time. Uh, so, boys, do we want to get into it? Are we anything else before we start talking about the land of behemoths? Any announcements? I think we're good. I think we're good. Ricky? I want to talk about these cards. All right, let's talk about these cards. So, Ikoria here, our first large set, will release on Magic Online on Friday the 17th, correct? It's next Friday it comes out on Online? Really? Sure. Essentially the, or it's 15th. Yeah, no, full spoiler comes out this Friday, because we're recording on Monday. Full spoiler's out on the 10th, and then full release is going to be the next week. Well, full release, I say, because it's only coming to Arena, online, and releasing in paper in the APAC markets. I think right. it's still releasing in paper in the APAC markets. I don't think it's been confirmed not to. And then it'll be everywhere else in the world May 15th. Paper, that is. May 15th? Mm. What about the Commander yeah, have, decks? Yeah. I think those still come out. Maybe those... not. I don't know. Well, those Commander decks were sweet, but man, uh, since now the Commander decks are really set on the same plane, I was really confused in trying to figure out, are any of these cards going to be ported over into Ikoria as well? Right. No, they're not, um, which sort okay. of is frustrating. Um, also, the, you couldn't throw like that human mythic from Ikoria into the human deck. Anyways. Yeah, anyway. All right. So anyway, so let's talk about what Ikoria's adding here. So we're going to, like I said, we're going to structure it by looking at some of the big mechanics and then sort of talk about some of these key cards that are at least out so far. Because, again, we are recording on Monday the 6th, so we've got about half the set spoiled right. Uh, I feel like, for mm-hmm. the most part, a lot of the big bang cards are out and spoiled, but, you know, who knows at this point, because stuff keeps getting spoiled that I think just gets keeps looking better and better. So the main, the main let's say, the main abilities of this set, the main mechanics are, of course, uh, well, first of all, let's say uh, Magic Nostradamus is correct to <laughs> an extent, because Mutate isn't ability tokens, but... Ability tokens there are, are still ability there anyways. Tokens. Ability tokens yeah. are still there anyway. So round of applause for Magic Nostradamus. Thank you. Thank you, boys. And, okay, so then, of course, like I said, we do have Mutate, uh, which kind of plays up like Augment, kind of plays up like Bestow, but it's really great that Wizards is explaining it to us really dumbed down because I don't think anyone actually explains how this mechanic works yet. I still, I still don't understand how it works, 100%, to be honest with you. I feel like there's something I'm missing. Oh, I can yeah. tell you exactly how it works. Oh, well, we'll, we'll come back to it. So okay, then, of right. course, uh, we have the the grand return of probably what I think is be the best ability mechanic in this format in this uh, set in cycling. Oh, my lord. Because there is a lot of sweet cycling value. They pushed oh, it. Wow. They gave yeah, us a two-mana really astral slide. Yeah. Like, and then, they, of course... They made cycling costs yeah. one. Colorless. Yeah. And then, of course, the real, uh, man, do I want to say conspiracy? Do I want to say, like, the real problem child of this format? Because there are a lot of split opinions on this for- on this ability in the shape of Companion. Oh, the Companion. Which, you know, luckily there are only confirmed ten Companion cards in the set. Um, I think the entire world went crazy. So where do we, where do we want to start? Do we want to start with Mutate? Do we want to start with Cycling? Do we want to start with Companion? Can we start with Mutate? Let's start with Mutate. 
Mutate is okay, simple. Let's okay, yeah. Let's run out what mutate does. Um, you can cast your your creature card for its mutate cost. Okay, I'm with you so far. If you Chris, do, you're there? you may put it on another non-human creature you control. Sort of like bestowing, right? Just like bestowing. You choose if it goes on the top or it goes on the bottom. Well, that's different than bestow. I feel like that should be my creature's choice, you know? Yeah, you know, well, bottom, you get to right. pick now. Uh, okay, I get to pick. Um, the card on the top has all of its relevant card text. All of its card text is relevant to the creature. And okay. all the creatures that are not on the top, their text box alone is the only relevant bit of information from that card. So not the power toughness, not, not the, the type power toughness, line. not the type line, not the colors, not the pips for devotion. Not the what not, about not the, the artist? Huh? What did you say, Chris? Go ahead. Chris will say I said, the what about the matters. artist? Oh, the artist also does not matter. They are not inside okay. that uh, type line. And wizards did make it easier to understand this by like highlighting the section that is relevant when you're not on top. Right. Um, if you, uh, while casting, it's still a creature. So it can be countered by Essence Scatter, which is why Essence Scatter is insane in this set. Mm-hmm. And then also, right, if the creature you're targeting dies, it still enters the battle. It would then enter as a creature, right? Right. On its own? Right. But it will not, it will not have mutated. But unlike Bestow, if the creatures die while they've been, like, combined, you don't get the, the mutate back. No, you don't. If they blink, they all come back in separately. Okay. So they get treated like the meld cards did. Mm-hmm. And then one thing that is kind of weird, right? The one thing that really struck me that I was trying to figure out the most is, okay, we already have a creature mutated, right? A and B are already mutated. A is on top of B. Right. If I mutate C, can I put B on top, right? But no, it's only either A can be on top or C can be on top. The new B card to can on either be on top or bottom. Uh-huh. You can never reorder the stack. Okay, yep. You can only add cards so to the bottom if, or the if, top of the stack. If A was on top, it can no longer go to the bottom. A will now be in the either in the middle or on top. Right. Still, no, but it's still, but it still would in the middle. It's still technically on the bottom. Right. The main thing, Chris, the is only the position that matters can't is be the on top. top. Yeah. Like everything in life. Also, because wow. the type line does not matter, if you have two. Um, Snapdax Apex of the Hunt in your hand, you can cast one on turn four, and then next turn, you can mutate the second one onto your existing Snapdax Apex of the Hunt. And have... That will then... Double triggers? That will then double trigger your Snapdax pile, and so you will get to deal four damage to target creature or planeswalker and gain four life, and then deal four damage to a creature or planeswalker and gain four life. So I want to, I, I do like we're stuck with Mutate because Mutate, I think, was one of, so I like Mutate. I think it's very interesting. So my, hold on. Does the card on top, is that the power toughness that matters? Yes. Or the card on the, the bottom? Card on the card top on top is the power toughness. It is the mana cost. It is the name. And it is the type line. Okay, gotcha. Sure. So like the things that matter for cards on the bottom are abilities and if this card mutates text. But Chris, gotcha. don't worry. I know it's confusing, and it's confusing to me too. I'm sure everyone out there is really confused. Luckily, we get a month to play with these cards before we have to worry about how they work in paper. Mm-hmm. The yeah. arena and MTGO will hold our hands for us. 
Because it would make sense to me that the bottom most card would be the power was, toughness. That's what I was thinking the whole time. I was like, oh, the bottom most card must be power toughness. That's no. why I said what I said before. Because like, well, it's the bottom card. So like, no, it's the, top the way it's highlighted, whatever the other ones things, you'll be able to see their abilities, but the bottom one will be able to have the power toughness out. So that's why I was like, oh, it's the bottom one that the power toughness matters. Nope. But then, also, but you can't another see the rest important of the stats. caveat because because this mechanic was not confusing enough. You can never mutate a human. Yes. Only, only beasts of Ikoria can be mutated. Only not-human mm-hmm. cards can be mutated. Hum- in lore-wise, humans don't have enough possible energy to be mutated. Chameleon Colossus mm. can never mutate. Shame. Dang. Alright, so... What about, uh, what about that white card? Which white card? Mirror Entity? Yeah, Mirror Entity also cannot mutate. Oh, dang. Alright, um, so let's let's start talking about the cards now. Because, mm-hmm. again... I like Mutate a lot. Um, I still, I think today really put out a lot of cards that I'm more interested in with Mutate. My problem with Mutate is because uh, a lot of the cards care about, you, they trigger off of Mutating, right? Right. And the problem with that is this is going to make Mutate a very parasitic mechanic. It's going to v- limit options on what you can play in what, I think, to an extent, if you want to get full Mutate value. I think there are cards here that will be good on their own. Case in point being uh, or Octopus. That card is good. I think that card is fine because I Which is, don't... of course, for one blue-blue, a 2-2 two, two Octopus with Flash. And whenever this mm-hmm. creature does combat damage to a player, draw a card, so it Aphidians. But it also mutates for one and a blue. But because the creature has Flash, you can just also mutate for one and a blue. And so, like, if you have a Flying Man getting in there for one damage off turn one, you can then essentially carry Succession at instant speed with your Ninja two of mana. the Deep Hours, use the appropriate analogy. Yeah, you, know, you can I'm even use Pierce Obsession because that is more relevant to our format. You can even put Sea Dash or Octopus on top at that point because the flying will still carry well, exa- over. Exactly. That's what I'm saying, right? So not only now you also not only give your 1 1 an Aphidian, but it is now also just a 2 2. And if it was a Cloudfin Raptor, you get to stay uh, evolve. You get to keep being mm-hmm. an evolved creature if that matters. But the only thing that sucks about this is that this sounds like a very mono blue devotion uh, uh, deck that we're playing. And I don't know. I'm if, thinking of... if we mutate to the bottom with the Sea Dash or Octopus, or if we mutate to the top, the card underneath is gonna not count to our devotion anymore. Sure. Which sort of sucks. I I would really like my Sea Dash or Octopus. I don't know. I'd like it to count to my devotion because it does cost a nice double blue pip. So. Mm-hmm. But you know. So what? What other what other real mutate cards are kind of stand out for you guys so right now? The only mutate card that stands out other than the octopus to me, like, on its own, right? Because I think like I don't want to shut down. Hey, there isn't going to be like a deck that really cares about mutate because I think that is a possibility, and I think um, mutate's going to be one of those mechanics where I think we're going to need the whole set to really see what it's going to do. I think Snapdrax uh, is the only good one of the okay. uh, cats. And for those that haven't seen it, what is Snapdax? Snapdax is uh, one red, white, black for a 3-5 double striker. Okay. And it has mutate for five. And the five costs, for some reason, white, white, red, black, hybrid, and two. Um, so it's a 3-5 double strike for four mana. And it says whenever this creature mutates, it deals four damage to target creature or planeswalker and opponent controls, and you gain four life. Mm-hmm. So on curve, a 3-5 double striker for four is good. Mm-hmm. Um... If it is turn five and you already played a threat on your previous turn, 
You can mutate this onto your threat, as long as your threat was not a human, give that threat double strike, or maybe make this make that threat into a 3-5 double striker, um, and get some value with a removal spell, and be able to swing the same turn. So swing it in for 6. If I mutate on top, does my creature have haste? Um, it is still the same creature at the from the beginning, so it, you don't have haste, it's just already been there. It's already been there. So it's not summoning sickness, basically. So I can I can mutate my three... Like, I could mutate my 3-5 onto, like, a 1-1 one, one cat token. Right. And it's now a 3-5 double striker? It is now a 3-5 double striker, and you got the mutate trigger. Also, gotcha. multiples Makes of snap decks, as I stated previously, like, you can play one on turn four, and then your second one mutates on for turn five to wipe your opponent's board, and then you get in for six. Nice. And so that's really nice. And if your opponent wants to stop those triggers from happening, then they can't two-for-one you. Because they have to kill your Snapdrax in response to the mutate, and so you will still resolve a Snapdrax. Makes sense to me. Um, I know a card people also really like. What? Is Iluna, Apex of Wishes. I don't like this card. Okay. Please. And of course, Iluna is two in Teamer for a 6-6 six, six Flying Trample that mutates for three hybrid Gruul blue-blue. That uh, when this creature mutates, exile cards from the top of your library until you exile a non-land permanent card, put that card on the battlefield or into your hand. So if this guy came into play and did that, I would be slamming this card down. Like if it costs six and it ETB'd to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, But like, it doesn't. That's also So I I have to (laughs) mutate. And also if you hit another card with mutate off his ability, you cannot choose to mutate it into play. Because right. mutate is an alternate casting cost from your hand. Right. Now the other, the other, the that real, the real standout mutate card to me though right now is Lord Rackus, which is a one blue red lizard beast. That's a two three with mutate. Is it hybrid? Is it hybrid? Oh, the that two... whenever it enters, whenever this creature mutates, return target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. This card might be good because we've never seen a rebuy effect for two mana. Yeah. Um, and it's repeatable if you keep mutating cards onto it. Well, hold on. Green would like to disagree, but I hear you. I mean, like a, a like an instant sorcery rebuy? Like, when was the last time you saw that card printed that didn't cost Snapcaster four? Snapcaster Mage. Also, also not to, like, the top of your library. It goes back into your hand. Right. For sure. Um, I also do think that somewhere, the Abzan one, Netrali Apex of Death, keep an eye on this one, because... Uh, it's going to do something in a combo really dumb. Hold on, hold on. Did you just call that card Netrali? Uh, what, Nethroi? Nethroi? Nethroi. Sure, whatever. Apex of Death. It's a cat nightmare beast. I don't think it cares what I call it. Sure. Um, <laughs> wow. It's a f- I mean, uh, it, would, it would definitely want you to use the proper pronouns. Yeah, yes. please. So it's a 5-5 five, five death touch lifelink for 5 mana with uh, 3 of it being the Abzan colors. And it mutates for 6 mana. So, like... It says, whenever this card mutates, return any number of target creature cards with total power 10 or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. And yeah, not, uh, not CMC power. That is going to do something. What's Gary's power? Two. Uh, two. Hmm. Um, Just saying. So like, you can get double rhinos? It could get double rhinos plus oh. something else. You can get rhinos and Gary, you can't you? You can get two rhinos and a Gary if you'd like. That's not going to do a ton for you, but hey, that's a four drain plus the... Well, let's see. It's, see, it's a ten drain. So, like, right? yeah, that's a one, two, three, four, five. Uh, actually, it's... 
11 drain. where you put the Nethroi. It's 11 drain if you put Nethroi on the top. Yeah, right. Um, I just feel like there's, like, some weird pod deck that eventually just, like, plays a one of Nethroi, and, like, you just, uh, oh, I've been wiped, and you just, like, mutate a Troy onto some stupid token. Yeah. And... Well, if we're, if we're gonna talk, talk about weird, weird, uh... Weird pod decks. Let's talk about probably the best card in the set so far. Okay, do we, are, we, are, we giving, are we done with Mutate then? I mean, I'm done with Mutate You're, for I'm now. done with Mutate too. So hold on. When, when, which Mutate ability triggers when I Mutate onto something? Both Every of them? single yes. one on the stack. Because wow. now they are in the text box, the same text box. Which is, so like, because you could trigger Nethroy with like some random cheap one, right? Yes. Like, I don't know what the cheapest Mutate ability is, but like, if all that matters is that thing mutated, I mean, triggering that ability for like two or three with some stupid ability doesn't matter, like, but that's just an insane ability to trigger. Right, that's what people um, are thinking about the Dirge wow. Bat. Some people think this card is good. I'm not so sold yet. It's the four mana 3-3 three, three Flying Flash Bat. It mutates mm-hmm. for six. It says whenever this card mutates, destroy a creature or planeswalker an opponent controls. Very powerful ability for sure. And it's probably worth getting two for one for that ability, especially multiple times. But six mana is a lot. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like, well, however, if you can like flash it in at the end step of somebody's turn and then untap and like throw some cheapo mutates onto it, like for two mana each, uh-huh. then it could be a repeatable removal. It, but you keep stacking your eggs in one basket. That's the only thing. Like, right now, I just, like, I think the cheapest, like, is just Sea Dash or Octopus is, like, the only two. Everything's, like, three or four higher, I feel like. Well, the like. guy that buys back instant sorcery is also two. Two, sure. Yeah. Um, And yeah. I think there's... That could be interesting with Vadrock. Yeah. Um, You can cast a non-creature card with a mana cost three or less from your library without paying its mana cost. That's pretty strong. Right. Casting free stuff. It's its mutated ability is only four. Like that's probably one of the stronger costing ones. You give something flying and a first strike for its one, or just triggering that on your own. If you play this and then you trigger the two mana ability on it because it's got the same casting colors. Sure. Like you get an instant or sorcery back and you get to cast one. Right. I do think the legendary yeah. ones like Snapdax and like Snapdax. Why I think he's the best is because of how he curves into himself. I think the mm-hmm. best thing you can be doing with the legendary ones is stacking them because it, it also like. Four mana three fives a pretty good rate. That's uh, double strike. Double strike? Yeah, no, mm-hmm. that's that's an insane rate. Yeah. What card is as good as it is? What's this card? What's the blue black green color combination? Blue black green, that's Sultai. Sultai, yeah. The Sultai one is uh is not too bad either. Getting to cast it from your graveyard for the same as its regular but, cost, just differently. Uh, it has to always be a mutate ability. So what it means is like every non human you play could also be a Brokos. Right. Well, I get, I get that part of it, but still just being able to cast it as a 6-6 six, six trampler for 5, like, on any random dude, right. right? The guy you cast it on doesn't have to have mutate as long as it's just, as long so as like, just a dude. The weird or... random problem with this uh, ability, mutate, is the non-human clause comes to bite it in the ass a lot. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. wouldn't this be so cool in a control shell, right? Yeah. Uh, where we could activate Castle, on, like, Castle, we could activate Castle Ardenvale at the end of turn to make a token right. and then make that token a 6-6. Six, six. Mm-hmm. You can still cast Dreadhorde Invasion. Yeah, I guess you could do Dreadhorde Invasion, but like, yeah, you can't, you can't uh, oh. mutate the human tokens off of Castle Arden. Well, I'll tell you, at least, at, you know, I don't know about for Pioneer, but at least for Standard, I think uh, I want to be mutating a lot on two Questing Beasts. Yes, Questing Beasts. Make that card yes, even sure. more broken. Yeah. yeah. Card's got a lot of text. It sure does. Give more text. I, All right, let's move on from mutating. All right, sounds good. All right. So let's, uh, let's go into, um, let's go to Companion. Because um, I think that's going to be the fastest thing here. Um, a lot of split decision on Companion. I I think it's interesting. I definitely like the challenge of it. 
Um, not even going to be a lot of a challenge in some cases, um, but I think it's going to be logistically interesting, at least for the first tournament or so. Uh, because Companion, of course, is uh, it is a card that fills a slot in your sideboard, and then at the beginning of the game, you can present one Companion out of your sideboard, although I really don't know how many decks could run two of them, two different ones anyway, and you present it as your companion, and it sort of acts like a, a mini commander, because you get to cast it once from the air quotes companion zone, which is just the same thing as the command zone, but you only get to cast it once, right? And of course, all of right. these, in order to use that companion ability, you have to fill a specific, like, clause that each of them Deck have. building requirement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course, the most notable one being Lutri the Spell Chaser, who is preemptively banned in Commander. Can we talk about yeah. how dumb that is? Can I? No, I, it makes sense. It makes sense to me. It really the reason makes sense. It really, like Flash, Mana Crypt, like Vasa's Oracle, and we're gonna ban the Otter. No, here's the thing, right? It is a card that you don't have to do any deck building requirement outside of just playing a Commander deck. It is then at that point a free card that any deck with blue and red in the costs in their yeah, like it's a free hundred and first. Yeah. Because you're already playing Commander, where unless you're playing, like, uh, Shadowboard, Apostle, or Relentless Rats, you know, this is just a free 101 card. Uh. Yeah, it's not exciting when everybody's running. It's kind of, it's almost the same argument, not, not quite exactly the same, but it's almost the same argument as Smuggler's Copter, where it's like, because it's colorless, every every aggro deck's going to yeah, run it. the difference so is, like, when everybody well, no, already I don't think plays that's, like, that's a pretty different argument, though. It's not that much different of an argument. Everybody's going to run the card, that's my point. Everybody runs Soul Ring, everybody runs Arcane Signet. But but again, this is a... That is... Those cards any deck can play. This is yeah, limited to blue-red... Decks that have blue-red in their colors. And it is a just a free thing that is then a 101 card. You always have a plus-one card in your hand until you cast it. Alright. Well, let's talk about the other ones, the ones that might see some play. Okay. Uh, the big one, I think, in my opinion... Is Garuda. Is, uh, well, I was going to say Luris. Ooh, ooh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll hear yours, and then you can hear mine. So, Luris of the Dream Den is, for one Orzhov Orzhov, a 3-2 cat nightmare. Also, what I think Luris gets away with is he's going to be a card that, honestly, you might not even need to companion. You could just play him in your 75 and be very happy. You cannot play him in your deck if you want him to be your companion. That is fine. I'm saying he is one that stands out as being very playable without even being in the companion zone. For sure. Okay. So you think um, he's good? Yes. So it's a 3-2 lifelinker, but the beginning during each of your turns, you may cast one permanent spell with convert a mana cost two or less from your graveyard. And what is his condition again? His condition, each card in your starting, each card in your starting deck has convert a mana cost two or less. Each permanent, it just is an interesting clause, so like, in case you want to be casting any big boy spells. I don't know that you would, but, you know. Sure. I definitely want to cast but, big boy spells if I'm not casting big boy creatures. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But I think this card is, like I said, like, I easily, if I don't want to play this companion, companion if I'm playing, like, some Orzhov cheap, like, beatdown aggro deck, maybe, like, what Wonky Wombat played in our challenge, uh, mm-hmm. you just throw, like, two of these guys in your main board... Or even just the one as, com- as your companion, right? And, I mean, you're just going right. to start getting back your cheap guys. It's just another attrition strategy that these Lord of the Ground aggressive decks are going to have access to now. Get back a Kite Sail Freebooter, Freebooter or something like that, maybe? Yeah, definitely. You know? Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the best one that's been revealed so far, and we've only seen six of them, so there's four more to come. But uh, 
uh, Gyruda, Doom of Depths. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you about this boy. He's a demon kraken for six mana, two of them being blue-black hybrids. I love blue-black cards, so I'm already sold. I think there's a better blue-black card than Seth. Um, he says, your starting deck only contains cards with even converted mana costs. Zero is even. Um, it doesn't let me cast Thoughtseize, though. Uh, we cannot cast Thoughtseize, but we can cast... Uh, or Fatal Push. We could cheat. We, yeah. We can cast uh, <laughs> Agonized Remorse. Okay, um, we don't get sure. Fatal Push. We don't get Fatal Push. Um, but we do get a lot of other great cards at even converted mana costs that I am excited to play. Um, we do get Thassa's Oracle and Inverter. Okay. And Jace. Mm. Okay, but thought, but Oracle, like, Inverter deck definitely wants Thought Season. It definitely I mean, wants we thought, we have, Fatal Push. We have Thought Racers. Alright, alright, yeah. alright. We got Doomblade. But anyways, yeah. when this card comes into play, each player puts the top four cards of their library into their graveyard, and then you put a creature card with an even converted mana cost from among those cards into the battlefield under your control. So we steal stuff. Sure. Um, also, we can play Dig Through Time. Dig Through Time is even. Mm-hmm. Uh, Treasure Cruise is even. Um, the uh, new mass removal spell is even. Sure. The uh, the Otter Even Exile. Yeah, the Otter Even Exile. Um, we have a lot of good even cards we can play. I, I think that this is this is something. It might not even be like it might just be standard something, but it looks close to Pioneer something, and it's sure. definitely a control finisher. I, I get where it looks close to the Pioneer something, but I feel like it misses out on a lot of the cards you want to play in a black deck in Pioneer. So much so that, like, I couldn't imagine this might, like, if I'm just putting this card in, like, my 75, then sure, not playing it as Companion, right? But, like, I feel like its deck requirement is so against what you're playing black for in this format that it might just be too much of a tax. Hmm. And you might be right. Yeah, you it might. Get, it might just be. You don't get some of the strongest cards, but it certainly is fun. Like, like this, it's this fun. Like, I'm not going to deny it. I'm just saying, like, in a competitive sense. I think yeah. in a competitive sense, I, I in standard, think... this card's going to do stuff for sure. Also, the uh, the shoutouts to the like uh, Godzilla art of this card. It's definitely one I of mean, the best Gigan. Godzilla arts. I Gigan sweet. I mean, I want all of them. I really want I Death Corona, including Borat. I just, I just Borat. want Death Corona. Um, all right, so anything, any other real companion standouts? I mean, like, again, um, uh, Karuga's kind of interesting, I guess. The 5-4 that uh, you draw a card for each other permanent you control with commandment cost 3 or greater. I don't want that card in my command zone. I want that card in my deck. Yeah, definitely. Because if we play that in our command zone, then we can't play mana dorks to help ramp into these big guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, like, the thing about this with these companion cards is, like... <sighs> I'm not sure how balanced they were within mind of you just playing the card. Because some of these cards are, like, pretty reasonably strong. The black red one is pretty you know, I guess, good, actually. I guess this is this is the thing where it's just, like, you know, creatures are strong in this format. Sure. Or in this set, I should say. So, like, hey, that's just fine. But, like, some of these things, I'm like, why are we companioning it? Like, like, like you said, like, let's just play Karuga and just draw a million cards in Simic, because why not? I do you like know? Obosh mm-hmm. quite it's a like, bit. like, just play some mana dorks, draw four or five cards, like... Um, which is the odd know. one. It's the, because we're Hearthstone now, boys, and we play an evens and an odds card. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do have some things to say oh, about man, how, yeah. so how much we, of a ripoff this is. Do we want to, do we want to go into cycle, then we can talk about just some of the Hearthstone cards in the uh, set, because, uh, boy, is this, is this game Hearthstone now? Which, you know, it's yeah, funny it's, because this is the first set that's going to, like, have that big online push before we get in paper, right? That just lines up that, it's a lot of Hearthstone. I'm just saying, it, <laughs> pretty, it looks pretty like Watsy planned Corona. Okay, okay. <laughs> 
well, taking shots. I'm just saying, like, we we have to push back the paper release, and there's cards like like Crystal Statue that are just unplayable in paper. I okay, let's talk about that because Crystalline Golem is the card that I think of the most when I'm like. This card is going to be so annoying in paper. Sure I think is. anyone that, like, I, I'm going to, like, clench my fist when someone plays this against me in paper. Because it's a 3-mana three 3-3 three, three artifact creature. It's already a solid rate. At the beginning of combat on your turn, choose a kind of counter at, at random. random that Crystalline Giant doesn't have on it. And the list is 10 abilities deep. It can either have Flying, yeah. First Strike, Death Touch, Hexproof, Lifelink, Menace, Reach, Trample, Vigilance, or 1-1 one, one counter. It's not that bad. You just you just gotta keep a D10 handy and then you roll it. Gotta keep remembering which one's not on there anymore, and you gotta keep like no, you just go in the order. You just go in the yeah, order. and then you have to keep but those yeah, punch out cards on you at all times. Like you have to like you're gonna have like a piece of paper on this card with like a million things written on it. Like I just like then like eventually you're gonna have to start rerolling. Like God, like you're probably dead to this card if you can't remove it in like two turns anyways. Limited. Uh, but, mm-hmm. like, God, if it, like, gets, like, four turns in, and it's just like, okay, uh, I rolled a two. Let's see here. Um, first strike. Well, it already has first strike. Okay, so we're going to roll again. Reroll. It's a six. Oh, what is that? Is that hexproof? No, it's lifelink. I already have lifelink. Let's roll again. Ten. That's the one-one counter. I got the one-one counter already, so, you know. Let's keep rolling. It's just... To be fair, once you get to uh, six abilities left, you can roll a d6 for the one. Now I gotta keep a bunch of different dice in my pocket, Chris. Come on! (laughs) You're right. I'm so sorry. It's basically this is basically as bad as uh, as just having coronavirus. You know? (laughs) Yeah, it really is though. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we here at Cruthy Podcast do not want to downplay the current crisis facing the world. So can we not make any more any more jokes? Okay, are we banning Corona jokes from now on? Yes, at least for the current time being. I can't even talk about Kloom Pangaloin? Okay, alright, fine. <laughs> uh, no, if we want to make jokes, I want to talk about the art of Capture Sphere and Cathartic Reunion and Forbidden Friendship. And can we talk about how this man is definitely sleeping with that dinosaur? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, I want to go back this to the artwork, jokes real this, fast. This artwork is a, tr- is a Chuck <laughs> Tingle book waiting to happen. Oh my How did we get God. worse than Corona? <laughs> I think this is just you. I think it's just you. <laughs> this <laughs> like, is not just with me. just some suppressed bestiality. This is not just me. Because my first thought was not, "Oh, he wants to f- that dinosaur." I thought of like, "Oh, my dog that I would protect in yeah. like a, a situation." So did Brian Kibler, by yeah. the way. Here's Dirty Ruckman going around Ow. like it looks like that Kibler. dinosaur. Look at it. Hey, can, let's uh, let's not can, can we not drop the f word? Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's All right, back on track. Back on track. Anything else about Companion? Oh. I think it's fine and I don't think it's going to be powerful enough to shift anything in outside of standard. I definitely think like some yeah. of these like I said, I think some of these cards are going to at least in Pioneer probably do better as just in your 75. Yeah. There there was initial outrage and I under I understand that. Like but, my, um like my blue red boy is banned. And my blue black boy is not the greatest. I, I'm very, mm. I feel very disenfranchised already. My two favorite yeah. color pairings having not good companions. Right. Let's let's move on to cycling real fast, and then we can talk about uh, some of the, the standout non uh, mechanical cards. Can we talk about uh, uh, the last mechanic, which is uh, uh, keyword tribal? Oh, just all the the counter the tokens. Not just that, but like the cards like. Like, oh, everything with Menace does this. All creatures with Vigilance do this. Sure, the, the creature with Trample that gives you beasts, that kind of thing. Yeah. 
Okay, let's talk about that real fast. Right. I mean, I want cycling just... first though. Cycling first. Um, All right. Valiant Rescuer. Cycling is back. Valiant Rescuer is awesome. It's a two drop three one. I'm happy already. Whenever you cycle another card, uh, for the first time each turn. So let's not go crazy here. Once a turn, you degen. You get a one one human. Sure. Uh, that's dope. And it cycles for um, two. Isn't that a white creature, though? It is a white creature. And Flourishing yeah. Fox is a one-drop. Yeah, it's another white creature. Uh, that the, That's a two-card combo that I think is very what? I just think that you want to play those. I, I just think those are, like, the good white ones. Like, I, I if I'm playing Cycling, like, I'm never playing a white deck. It's just what? not happening. Yep, nope. I, I have about 10 tabs up here. Uh, I don't know that it's I have really a 10. full cycling, cycling deck typed out in a file named badideas.zip okay. for the well, Pioneer I've got format. I've like 10 cards up here that are going to be in a good Pioneer cycling I deck. I mean, the cycling car- deck that I... The cycling card I really want to talk about is uh, Fixed Astral Slide in Evasion Protocol, mm-hmm. which is a two-man enchantment that whenever you cycle a card, you can pay an extra one, and if you do, you get to blink a creature. I like that one. Can we also talk about the uh, the two mana enchantment with the foreboding counters? Does that cycle? It it does cycle. Uh, it does cycle, but it says whenever you draw a card, you put a f- yep, put an foreshadow omen, omen counter on ominous. Yeah, seats. an omen counter on it, and then okay. you can remove eight omen counters to make an eight eight. Sure. Uh, it doesn't sack yep. though, so you can just keep like every time you've drawn eight right. cards. This is a win condition. Okay. Um, um, you just make another guy. The one Chris I think likes is. Uh, do you want to talk about? Oh, it, Chris? I've got a lot of cards up here that I like. Well, okay. Do you want the red one or the blue one? Because I want to talk to the other one. Uh, I will do the red one. Okay. Uh, which I'm assuming is the dinosaur turtle. Yes. So Yadaro Wandering Monster. It has a converted mana cost. It's not relevant. Don't worry about it. Okay. We'll get there. It has. It's an eight eight with trample and haste, and it cycles for one colorless and one red. Right. When you cycle. Yadara Wandering Monster, shuffle it into your library from your graveyard. If you've cycled a card named Yadara Wandering Monster four or more times this game, put it onto the battlefield from your graveyard instead. Do this before you draw. Do this before you draw. But the point is, from number four on, right, four or more times this game. So once we do three, fourth one, we get an 8-8, trample haste, and we draw a card. This, this gets the... Uh, Crew 3 Chris certified OP busted. This card is insane and it reminds me of Arclight Phoenix. Yeah, I, this this is a card, I don't think this is the card like that's on its own, but I think that cycling is so pushed in this format between the fact that we had it, and I think it was Amonkhet also, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, cycling is going to now be but a deck. I don't, I don't know that it's going to be a good deck. So here's my thing. But in, Go ahead. In contr- you absolutely have the control cards, you can make this happen, uh, especially like in Jeskai. I think this could be it because you, the thing is, you like you just don't need to run that many win conditions, right? Like you've got Drake Haven, you've got the eight eight cycle thingy, the one we were just talking about, uh, Luminous something Omen. I'm mm-hmm. oh, sorry, Ominous Seas is the name of the card, uh, and Drake Haven I think is the name of the one from Omen. It is like you've got your win conditions. We're gonna cycle, remove some stuff. We've got Sensor. There's a lot of relevant cards here. In Man, my I'm opinion, also thinking of like if you again. play that like red blue legendary right, and you play mm-hmm. uh, like. What's the alliance card that gives you fairies from Eldraine? Unprobable alliance. Like we just all, we'd also just like Improbable make fairies with yeah. a single cycle. Like I don't know. There's some stuff we could do here. Um, I'm sure. mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. There's a lot of ways. Yitero, you can take this. Wandering Monster doesn't need mm-hmm. you to play other cycling cards. 
That's very true. That is the uh, big thing. Right. Is mm-hmm. I'm like, we could play like a big red deck list, right? We're just going to replace there Phoenix with Yitero. Okay. We are just going to, I'm like, the- we're just going to play like the Pyromancer, like the Brazen Borrowers, and like Spells and Treasure Crews. And like, every time we find a Yitero, we're just going to cycle it back in. And then our end game is just like hasty 8-8s. My only thought about that, though, is like, I'll be honest, I don't think you're surviving that long to cycle this four times without having a more controlless shell. Well, like, can I point your eyes to another yeah. card that got spoiled today? Sure. Go for can it. Can I point your eyes, just real quickly, to Blitz of the Thunder Raptor? Uh, this isn't uncommon. This I'll let you know. It's, it's red and colorless for an instant that deals damage to target creature or planeswalker equal to the number of instants and sorceries in our graveyard. And... There's more. If that creature or planeswalker would die this turn, uh, let's just go ahead and exile it instead. Mm. Um, I've already been playing Beacon Bolt and preaching the ways of Beacon Bolt. Um, This is, like, one mana less and at instant speed, and I think this is, like, way better than the Abrade I've been running. Like, sure, like, after a Treasure Cruise, this card's gonna suck a little bit, but, like, this card, like, plus your, like lightning axes like you should have no problem you know i mean my yeah maybe my my big thought on the uh on the the phoenix and why it's so good though right it's like it's cards that we're doing anyway like we're casting our spells to draw stuff and we get it back and then like we are getting like multiple threats back a lot of the time this being in one don't get me wrong it doesn't get fatal pushed but i i remain unconvinced maybe maybe it's possible but I much prefer this in, like, a thing that rewards you for cycling right. anyway. There's just I, so much cycling. I've gone ahead. In, in badideas.zip, I have this guy listed as a four of in a really sweet standard deck. I don't think mm-hmm. this guy's not Pioneer playable, but he feels slower than Pioneer. Sure. Whereas I think cards like the Fox and the, uh, and the Valiant Rescuer, as well as, like, combined right. with cards for, like, like Hollow One and Flameblade, Flameblade Adept that are already, like, rewarding us so hard early in the game for cycling. Mm-hmm. Right. I just feel like uh, the Pioneer deck is yeah. way faster if we go Boros. Like, we have, uh, uh, just real quick, the cards that pay off. We have we can play 25 payoff cards at Creature. Um, we can play Flameblade Adept, that is a 1-2 menace that gets plus 1 power every time we cycle. Uh, Flourishing Fox is a 1-mana 1-1 that also cycles and gets a 1-1 counter every time we cycle. Uh, Valiant Rescuer, of course, we talked about already. Dranith Stinger is a 2-drop that cycles that does a damage to our opponent every time we cycle. And, of course, Hollow One uh, is a 5-drop that costs 2 less for every card we've discarded or cycled this turn. And then, like, we have Cast Out, of course, is a good removal spell that cycles... Deem Worthy is a removal spell that cycles and removes when we cycle it. Um, Oketra's Attendant is a creature that cycles for two mana, but it also can be uh, brought back. It's a 3-3 flyer. It's like a Sarah Angel. We can embalm it. And then uh, we just play either the new enchantment that cycles for one or go for blood, which also cycles for one as extra removal spells. And of course, Wild Slash, because we got to play Wild Slash. Gotta play that wild slash. And I think this deck is dope. Okay, but that deck doesn't include actual factual Sharknado. Uh, no. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the Tell Sharknado. About Sharknado. Sharknado. I mean, yeah, so Sharknado or Shark Typhoon. I guess we couldn't get the copyright to Shark Tornado. Uh, okay. Is for five and a blue an enchantment that whenever you cast a non-creature spell, create an XX 
blue shark creature token with flying. Equal, it flies. Where X is equal to the spell's converted mana cost. But you can cycle it for X, one, and a blue. And when you cycle Shark Typhoon, create an XX blue shark creature token with flying. So goodbye to fairy. Yeah, that the cycling on this is just in, insane. Like, you could definitely cast this late game because this is just definitely, like, similar to that like that old deck that kind of took over the format either early or late where you were doing this similar type effect where, like, whenever you cast a whatever thing, you made another big dude. It was like a big ooze. This thing makes a flying token. So like, you do it at the end step, you know, too. You're not looking at this as much as the enchantment thing. You're really looking at the cycling part of it. Yeah. But late game, hey, you could. Also, mm, definitely. Uh, definitely you can pay zero and just make a zero zero shark sure. if you ever just need a dead creature. If you want to trigger that revolt. It happens sometimes. And draw a card. All right. So are there any other cycles we want to talk on? And then we can move on to uh, ability soup. Um, I think I had one more, but maybe it didn't have cycling. Should we move on to ability soup or should we just start picking you... out like the highlights? Let's let's just pick out some highlights here. I don't think we're going to have the real time to talk about the evolution of Pioneer because really we all know uh, what happened in that uh, Demir Inverter and Lotus Breach showed up and just took over the format. So that's... Uh, Sounds good. That's the, the quick and dirty of that. So let's just the talk... The real evil spirits. Everybody knows it. Yeah, and then, and then some little spirits showed up and now we're starting to see Heliod riding walking ballistas. I think that um, we're going to get some shake-up in this format. I hope so, too. I think that... And then we also have to think of, are we still getting a balance at the end of this month? I don't think so. I don't think we had enough actual Pioneer being played too much. I, there's still mm-hmm. plenty of events getting definitely, pumped out online. Definitely are. But I don't think Watsi cares about those because they're not arena right now. Sure. That's <laughs> um, fair. No table yep. required. Remember that. Uh, yeah. Yep. No uh, all right. Required. So let's all pick out, like, two standout cards, and then we can move on to a little bit of story time right, around this episode. Um, I'll take Mothra. You'll take Mothra? Okay. You take Mothra. I'll take Mothra. All right. Uh, also, let's real fast talk. Um, like I said, the Godzilla art cards, there's what, 18 of them or something like yeah. that? Unfortunately, three of them are J- Japan exclusive. they're all the coolest so I have ones. To try and track those down. Uh, yeah, Mechagodzilla, Batra. I mean, the egg's kind of lame. Oh, is the... Okay. Um, yeah. But I, I do want all of these to frame them because if you guys didn't know, as I told our Discord, I have a big Godzilla shield. So um, I will also pay top dollar for a Death Corona. There we go. You heard it here first. This, this is probably also going to make me finally snap to buy collector's boosters in an effort to get more of them. And when he says top dollar, he means like the actual best dollar bill yes. that he can find. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. Nothing, nothing from the couch. Top, He'll go to the top, bank and get top you top dollar from my wallet when I, when I pull out my fan. Uh Yeah, I, I think all of them have been revealed okay. by now. Mothra Supersonic Queen is definitely my favorite. Yeah, album. Moth, Mothra Supersonic Queen, of course, is luminous. Luminous Brood Mothra, two white, white. You get a creature in, you get a three, four creature insect with flying. That whenever another creature you control dies without fl- without flying dies, return to the battlefield under its owner's control with a flying counter on it. So any and this is a white card. So essentially everything has undying, but with for flying now. <laughs> Or has persist, yeah. but for for flying now. Um, and this is another crew three Chris certified open. I also card. my immediate my immediate thought was we're just gonna slam the Titans. I get like double triggers, but also like there's so much more I'm not even thinking about yet. But that was like my immediate thought, right? Well, right. like everybody went to like what kind of combos can you do? Because this card screams combo. But this is just an amazing value card. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you don't necessarily have to go combo. Like we could just be I mean, down with this card. You know, it's a reasonably cost solemnity. Flyer. This card yes, I mean, and Kroxa yeah. wins it's, the game. It does, right? Which is very. You exciting. don't need a sack outlet. People are like it's a four card combo. You need a sack outlet, and like, no, we're just gonna play Kroxa. No, it just acts itself. That's the game, right? Ugh, ugh. 
You can also deck yourself. You with could Uro. deck yourself with Oro. It never mm-hmm. stops. It doesn't it never stops? Never stopping. Uh, but yeah, three card combo between this, which in Solemnity, which is also white, and then Croxa. So it's a Mardu deck, and uh, yeah, boom, done. Yeah, it also combos with a million things in Solemnity, by the way. Just like everything plus Solemnity oh, no, combos this, this card. This card is going to be ins- I love this card design, so it's going to be awesome. And especially if you get a full place out of Mothras, right? Just to respect, put respect on your name. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Real fast, though, this isn't one of my shout out cards, but I do think it's hilarious that there is literal factual King Kong. And we aren't going to get King Kong art because it's not a Toho product. It, not a Toho property. It is a universal Paramount property. Right, right. We've got Cogwell, but it's not King Kong. Yes, even though it was actual factual King Kong. Uh, anyway, is, yeah. all right, who wants to go next? I got one. All right, Ricky, what go do you got? Um, I've got another uh, card that is good in Pioneer and White. General Kuduru of Draneth. Okay. Describe this it. Man, this man, this legendary creature, human soldier is one white black for a 3-3. He says, other humans you control get plus one, plus one. Whenever General Kudro of Draneth or another human enters the battlefield under your control, exile target card from your an opponent's graveyard. And for two mana, you can sack two humans to destroy a creature with power four or greater. You can yeet some boys to blow up a monster. You sure can. <laughs> Man. Humans don't get to mutate but they are so dope in this set. The human tribal push, like, like remember boys? Well, they need something because they can't be monsters. They can't mutate. Yeah, we've got kite tail freebooter. Like we've got like dope cards that are humans in this format. Reflector mage. Okay, we've got reflector mage. Uh, go, we've got go, go back and see uh, wonky wombats orzov agrolis for essentially all of the. We've got ones. Thalia's mm-hmm. lieutenant. Like we've got all these dope humans, and like being able to eat up your opponent's ability to dig through time. Like, being able to eat through their yard so they can't, um, what's the card called? It's Yawgmoth for two mana. Uh, Underworld, Underworld Breach. Underworld Breach. Like, this card hurts combo decks quite a lot. A lot of combo decks need the graveyard. He's main deckable graveyard removal. Um, he's gonna anthem your team. He is legendary, which is a little bit of a bummer. Um, also, like, he lets you get that Avacyn from the Spirits deck, mm-hmm. so, like, when you go toe-to-toe with the Spirits deck, both of you being aggressive creature decks. I only get one Avacyn, okay? Hey, you can get the Avacyn. The Spell Queller gets a little too big for his britches. We got him. Like, I think this card's insane. I got insane. Selfless Spirits, though. Huh? I got yeah, selfless you got spirit. Selfless Spirit. But this card is good. This card's insanely good. I think this card is going to make big moves. I expect to see a Black-White Humans deck in the top four decks. Or not... Well, I'll say top eight decks of... Uh, MTG Goldfish Pioneer very soon. All right, all right. Wow, that's a bold uh, claim. You heard it is, here. Uh, is that is that is that pie bet? Humans, hum- Let's talk okay, about yes. Time. That's a good setup. That that's that is setup. that is though. I think it's too broad to be a pie bet. Yeah. But also, we haven't decided who's doing the pie bet this time because Chris says he wants it on the pie bet. Right, action. Sure enough. So I do not what, particularly no, want. You said last time action, that you wanted it in the pie bet action. Well, I was right, probably. Go ahead, Chris. Okay. Your your next uh, certified hood classic here. Man, there's. There's at least two or three more cards that are uh, Crew 3 Chris certified. Well, you get two cards. Yeah, you get two of them. Okay, well, calm down, boys. I just was just saying, I was just saying, getting hype for the set here. My number one for now, um, because it's just the flavor that I like, is going to be Luca. That's what I'm going to call him, the Copper Coat Outcast. This is a five-mana Planeswalker. It's three colorless, double red. Uh, Starting loyalty is five. The plus one... Uh, exile the top three cards of your library. Creature cards exile this way again. You may cast this card from exile as long as you control Luca Planeswalker. That's pretty solid. Like, if you're ahead already, 
hey, boom, you get some you get some card advantage. That's pretty sweet. Uh, the second ability is Game Breaking. Uh, minus two, exile target creature you control, then reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature card with higher converted mana cost. Put that card onto the battlefield and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Uh, we got Polymorph back. Okay. Not missing. Not only that, but we got a we got a better Polymorph because the deck building instructions on this res- restrictions on this are better than I thought because like you can play all twos if you want to or all threes or hey you could even play a couple of mana dorks and then all threes if you want to and count on the fact that you're going to have a three in play for when you minus do this to go get your ember cool or whatever game breaking card you want right um an Eldrazi, hopefully there's a big boy from this set or coming up soon that's worth. That's the only thing about the Pioneer format that I don't like as much. Like, I don't know what all, if Zatalpa's game-busting or not, but, like, there's not that card like a like an old-school Emrakul that just, like, kind of ends the game when you attack with it, you know? But, but, this card, in my opinion, still insane. Five mana, you get to use that minus two ability instantly and go polymorph for whatever creature you are building your deck around that you think is going to end the game or that you just want in play for whatever reason. Also, his plus, I, his plus one is super interesting, right? Like, he has yeah. that impulse, not impulse, he has that exile effect like Chandra has or mm-hmm. where it, like, exiles a spell light. But instead of just casting it that turn, as right. long as you have turn. a Luka, you get mm-hmm. to cast those forever. It's like the silver tokens yep. from right. four mana Karn. Sure, but yeah. like you only get mm-hmm. to pick one of them. Eldrazi, you minus right. Like these are just here forever yeah. to cast. Yeah. This card is solid value and a card I think, um, if not right now, is something we need to keep the eye on uh, in the years to come because there will be a creature card I assume at some point, especially with how strong creatures have gotten. They're going to make this card just like insane. You know, um, any creatures you guys think of that you would really just want to get back. My or thing, from the deck. like, I'm thinking of, like, definitely, like, there is Emrakul Ulamog, but, like, our big value mm-hmm. is going to come out of cast triggers and not just enter the battlefield, but, like, those will be this very hard to answer on the battlefield. I mean, Sylvan Primordial. Um, mm-hmm. Sylvan Primordial is a good one. Um, go. Endray's Forerunners. Endray's Forerunners is a good one. Um, the, uh... What, what abilities does Zatopa have? Zatopa only matters if we untap, or if we get to untap, right? We have to yeah. cast it to untap. I thought Zatalpa was the one that, uh, the big white one. That oh, has Zatalpa. Hey, yeah, but it's lost to get to attack. It's indestructible. Flying, double strike, vigilance, trample, indestructible. Yeah. yeah the only thing is you're only cheating uh, We can cheat World Spine yeah, Worm into play. The card costs eight and it costs five. Ooh, World Spine Worm, all right. World Spine Worm, okay, sure, sure, uh, sure. Point is, the this is a card that is going to be its own deck, and that's why I think it's, that's why I'm impressed with it and why I think it's super strong. Sure. Like you will, you will make a Luca deck, and that's going to be. And he is tutorable. Off with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been see- we've already been seeing like the the return of like what is it the uh, impossible creativity or whatever from the like the Kaladesh sense. Oh yeah, sense. impossible creativity. And and this is like a very similar effect on a planeswalker. I like his ultimate also too. Just get you other value. The ultimate is very good as well. Yeah, like you could, and he he gets to it so fast. Like you could just like plus plus and like you could have no creatures in play but you've exiled six cards and then just like you're gonna untap cast all your creatures and dome them mm-hmm. yep yeah and the turn after he comes into play like i said i mean you're gonna get whatever creatures that you got that are gonna uh that you exiled you seem at least are gonna be one or two to help protect him or to add to that ultimate ability mm-hmm. you know sure um yeah definitely What's all your right. next hood classic uh, Ruckman. Uh, my next hood OP busted classic. Uh, I'm going to leave Ricky the most powerful card, and I think the set still. Um, 
and I'm going to pick a more interesting card, right? Like, I don't know how big of a splash this card is making. I just love the design space of it. In Frondland Felidar. Wait, oh, this okay, is yeah. two for a green-white 3-5 yeah. cat beast with vigilance. Mm-hmm. That creatures you control with vigilance have one tap target creature. Yeah, and one, tap, one and, in tap. One in tap, tap target. Creature. So it turns all of your vigilance creatures into Gideon's Lawbringers. Uh, but what I like about it is because they're creatures of vigilance, right? You can like attack with the whole board of vigilance guys, and then before blocks, tap your opponent's board down, and your guys right. are already still attacking. Again, like right. I don't think this card is gonna like shake up the format too much. I just like this is a really fun design space in that sort of keywords matter mechanic like setting. I'm with you. I think it's a certainly interesting card. It's kind of tough because, like, again, there's a several cards that, like, want you to build around certain abilities. Obviously, this set has kind of stolen from Hearthstone in the idea of, like, well, we're going to do deck building restrictions. Um, or, or, hey, here's an encouragement to build around with the Menace guy and this, obviously, this Vigilance payoff. Sure. Um, again, like, I'm with I don't, you, right? I think this effect like, is very strong. Again, I don't think this is going to shake up the front too much. I just think it is a very fun design space, and I do, like... People are definitely, like, hating on, like, I feel like some of the creativity and, like, the timidness of the set, right? But I think mm-hmm. there is some very fun, interesting design space here, which, you know, is sad that it's probably not going to make a big impact on Pioneer, but who knows, right? Like, there is something that could just happen. I mean, like, always watching is in the format still. Yo, for sure. No, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I, I definitely think this card's got some potential. Um, it's definitely more, like, fun-style potential, sure. but definitely, like, the ability to just, like, your opponent's creatures can't block, like, we just, hey, you know what, I'm going to stall at the board state and play a bunch of high-toughness dudes, maybe you can sneak in, um, but if the board state ever gets solved, you have the advantage in the alpha strike, yeah. right? Like, Alright, Ricky, what do you got? Okay, so it's very clearly, I've been alley-ooped, the definite best mythic in the set. Yep. Fiend okay. Artisan, absolutely busted. Yep. Any nine-year-old yep. could look at this card and tell me it's busted, so I'm not going to talk about Fiend Artisan. There's a card that I have looked at in this set, and ever since I've looked at it, okay. I can't stop thinking about it, and I want to play it. And <laughs> Is it the guy trying to bonus dinosaur? Is the guy trying to screw his dinosaur? I thought about like also talking about Dire Tactics. Dire Tactics is dope, but I'm not going to talk about that either, because the card I want to play is not good, but I want it to be good, and it is Channeled Force. Oh, have okay. Have you seen this, see this card? Is. This card is blue, red, two for an instant, and oh, we are speaking my language already. This card is uncommon. Right. As an additional cost to cast this spell, we have to discard X cards. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, don't cast it into open blue mana, of course. Uh, but, like, we discard X cards from our hand, and then we get to target a player to draw X cards. Probably uh, your yeah, opponent. maybe. Oh, Channel Force then deals <laughs> X damage to up to one target creature or Planeswalker. Oh, thank God that up two's there, so we don't have to target Yeah, we something. don't have to. We can yeah. just play this to wheel our hand. But it's a selective wheel of our hand. We get to pick what we throw and what we what we keep. Um, I like this card so much. It's unbelievably fun. Um, people are already playing, like, Rouse Outburst. Yeah. And that's a four mana, like, removal spell, plus we get to draw a little bit of cards. Uh, but this lets sure. me just, like, mm-hmm. dump my hand for a new hand. It lets me build up my treasure crews. It lets me dump my phoenixes. And it lets me kill something annoying in the way all at the same time. Maybe it's, like, uh, my opponent Chandra they left at one. Uh, like, maybe I'm killing a Steel Leaf champion and dumping a bunch of garbage out of my hand. Also, 
This is an interesting on, card. Maybe a combo with with the, the hollowed one. On top of talking about. all of that, I can target a player to draw those cards. So against Inverter, I can tell them, <laughs> draw fucking six. Oh, sorry. Draw six, you degenerate. And, uh, right. and die. Parry this casual. Yeah, parry this casual. <laughs> also, in Limited, which I'm sure this format's going to be fun Limited... I can alley-oop my hand to my teammate in Twin-Headed. Oh, yeah, true. Too bad we're going to have to wait a long time to play Twin-Headed. <laughs> I don't care. I'm going to stockpile some pre-release kits just to, like... I just want to be sitting next to Ed, and he has, like... What about sitting next to me or Chris? Uh, well, because I have to finish the sentence, which is... Because Ed has three Mythics in his deck. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, oh, great, yeah. And I'm going to just dump five cards to kill a threat and give... Ed five card draws, and he's gonna draw just the the Nutter Butters five cards out of his deck, and we're gonna like wheel back into the game from nowhere. Sure, the Nutter Butters yeah. are pretty good. Uh, All right, Chris, so that's what my you got card. For your last one. Um, real quick, since uh, I think it is the the obvious first, I'm just gonna read feed feed okay. into people. It's a, a hybrid blue black and a hybrid green black. black. So hybrid green mana black. cost is two. What did yeah, I say? Sorry, black? Yeah. Yeah. green hybrid is the green new black. blue. Sorry. Green is the good color now. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Green is the new blue. Hybrid uh, black green. Uh, it's a one one, but it gets plus one plus one for each creature card in your graveyard, and it's got an activated ability on top of that. So the fact that it's like could be a mini goif, not good enough. Okay, doesn't cut the mustard. It's also uh, what does what does cut said yeah what does cut said mustard is the fact that it's got a court of calling type effect. Uh, in you can pay X a hybrid black green and tap it. Sacrifice another creature, a pot effect. Search your library for a creature cost the Kermina cost X or less. Put that onto the battlefield and then shuffle your library. You're right. Court of Calling is probably a better uh, thing. You can only activate anytime you become a sorcery. So I'm sorry that you can't do this on your opponent's turn just because, you know, why not? Darn. I don't know why they even put that restriction in there. Can't, why does it matter? You can't have it all. Yeah, you can't have it all. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Um, is this the dinosaur after he's been sexually assaulted no, by his no, companion? No, 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 no. Is that what Fiend Artisan is? No, is that not what it looks like? Okay, sorry. Uh, so anyway, that pot effect there is like one of the most broken cards in the set. Um, I, so it's I'll also, pick a it's fun also one like here. it's hybrid, so it doesn't even need to be black. It doesn't even. It's be also green. a like, win con if right. you don't need to tutor any more creatures. Like it, it's right. it slices, it dices, it does it all. It does it all. It's the uh... this card made me go make the op busted emote on our Discord server. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how strong this card is. Man, um, there's a couple cards I want to highlight really quickly after I do my my big one. Um, I'm just going to throw it out there just because I think it's fun. I'm going to throw out Voracious Great, uh, Voracious Great Shark. Oh, okay. I like this card too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three colorless, double blue for a 5-4 flash shark. Uh, this one does not fly. Don't ask me why. In my opinion, a little bit of a flavor fail, given that it has wings in the picture. Come on, Watsy. I don't a lot know of, what it's a was... Lot of I love the like empty boat in front of it. No, there's a little person in there. No, there's a little oh, person no. in there. <laughs> You're so innocent, Ricky. I love you. Uh, not, there's not going to be a little but, person in there in a minute. <laughs> yeah, there's not once this voracious great shark gets a hold of him. But anyway, it's a 5-mana five 5-4 five with flash. And when it enters the battlefield, counter-target artifact or creature spell. Um, there's one more card that makes Simic Flash OP busted again. Oh my gosh, But yes, Simic Flash is not going about. away. Yeah, you can definitely bring it up yeah, if you it's want the, it. But voracious uh, great shark, very, very strong. Reminds me a little bit of the... Um, what was the six mana one we just had from oh, wait, Kaladesh? No. From Kaladesh? Um, there's like um, Torrential Gear Hulk. Torrential Gear Hulk. It was one of the Gear Hulk. That yeah, lets you recast Hulk the spell. Yeah. 
Yep, yep. Uh, the one Chris obviously I, this counters, but it just reminds me of it. The one I think Chris is talking about sets. is hybrid Demir, hybrid Demir for a two-two and cunning yeah. Nightbonder with it's a two-two yes. with flash. That flash right. spell, that spells you cast with flash cost one less to cast and can't be countered. So I'm thinking like yeah. we play this on two, we get to cast a night pack ambusher that can't be countered on three, and like right. it is just go 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 from there. The can't be countered is sweet. But like you would play this in your main deck just to like it's a it's a bear which is fine, but also just to get you the cost reduction, mm-hmm. like getting you like a blue black mana dork essentially is like pretty. Your turn sweet, three, you, know? you can follow this up with like uh, a cut a uh, brinewater cutthroat and a brazen borrower. Right, brinewater cutthroat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or uh, if you still want to decide to play it, the wildborn preserver. <laughs> Not that anybody plays that card anymore, but hey, you could. Again, I'm I'm just slamming down like night pack ambusher. That's fair. Sure. Absolutely. So that that combo there is one of the things I was thinking about. It's just like, man, flash cards. Also, if you liked the kind of flash effects, definitely going to come back with a force, um, given that you're about to get immunity to uh, Mystical Dispute mm-hmm. coming up pretty soon here. So another thing maybe worth and investing please in. Please look at Dire Tactics. That card is also very good for the humans deck. Uh, what do mm-hmm. you think of the new Path to Exile? Uh, in one bite, eh. it's yeah. slow, and I have to have a creature. Sure. And it only targets tapped creatures. I'm way more interested in Dire Tactics. That card is way better. No, Dire Tactics looks amazing. I'm so uh, into that card. It, for the people out there, white, black, instant, exile target creature. If you don't control a human, you lose life equal to the creature's toughness. So you can play it not in the human's deck, and you're just going to take a bunch of damage. Um, or you can play it in the human's deck. Isn't that what uh, Orzhov Charm already did? Uh, Orzhov Charm did do this. It just destroyed. It didn't exile. And it mm-hmm. didn't have a way to not take the damage. Lose life, yeah. Right, right. So, right, like, yeah. the fact that I can, like, have a, any human in play and uh, and get to Dire Tactics is... In our in our general Kudro deck. In our general Kudro deck, in our Thalia's Lieutenant deck, in our uh, Kite Sail Freebooter deck. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, any other any other thoughts? Of course, we're going to come back to these cards uh, next week here. Yeah, um, one last quick one is um, they made a really solid threat and effect that I'm really impressed with called Tentative Connection. Oh, that one, yeah. This guy painted his face like his tiger because, you know, hey, why not? <laughs> He's the tiger. That's you and Mr. Kitty. That's you and Mr. Kitty. He's the tiger king. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, it's Luca. It is Luca. It's Luca. Yeah. There you go. It's Luca and his thing. Okay, cool. Um, this is a four mana threat and effect. It costs three colorless and a red. Gain control of target creature until the end of turn. On tap that creature, it gains haste, right? It's a threat and effect. However, this card costs three less to cast if you control a creature with menace. Menace. I mean, we're, we're typically our one. Typically, our threat effects are only like three is the standard, right? Yeah. Four if it does something extra. Five if it's attached to like a creature. And, like, one man is like claim the firstborn, right? Like it's got to be a one man is claim the, the firstborn. Very, 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 very playable mm-hmm. in standard. Yeah, uh, this card very, very strong. Obviously, you've got to play with some menace stuff, but like been, a lot of the solid cards we were looking at this the other day menace have menace. Necklace. Have you? Yeah, Glint Sleeves Life Runner have, has menace. Um, Rampaging Ferocidon. Rampaging Ferocidon has menace. Stormfist uh, Berserker. Yeah, yeah, Stormfist, right, we're right. The one that uh, uh, draws you cards. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of solid cards with menace that you could just play, and even if you don't want to like make a menace tribal deck, even with the new guy Labyrinth that Raptor. gives you menace guys. Yeah, even with the new guy that's got a, a menace tribal effect, like you could just play like know, twelve sixteen and the other good cards, and just like hope to have this to get a one mana threat and effect. Um, probably mostly on the board, but this is a pretty strong card. Like if you can find a way to combo it with like Storm's Herald, because there's that new enchantment that gives plus twenty plus twenty. Yeah, but that new enchantment makes it tap the creature. Yeah, yeah. yeah but this untaps it. 
<laughs> that's my point. <laughs> okay, all right, I get this. This storm Herald. That's my whole point. Is like looking at ways storm you Herald's can untap storm. Herald. We don't need the twenty twenty. All right, all right. Is is storm Herald in your bad deck ideas? Zip. Um, uh, storm Herald is my bad deck ideas. Zip. I don't think you understand how many extended art and foil storm heralds I own. Oh, I'm very aware. I've seen the pictures. <laughs> I'm not aware. Also, I have all. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have a lot of fun with Storm's Herald. Uh, also, speaking of Storm's Herald, um, uh, Titans or Football Footfall Crater is a one mana aura that enchants a land, and that land lets you tap to give creatures trample and haste until end of turn. It also cycles for one. Card sort of that one looks sweet. It's just so free. It's like if you need trample, it's oh, there. Go. If you don't, cycle it. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Right. Well, are we good on Ikoria then till next uh, week? Yeah, I think so. All right, let's let's kick it over to a quick story time. Pause, pause for our relaxing uh, intellectual music. All right, we're back. All right, we uh, I feel much more relaxed and very intellectual. I'm sipping a, oh, me too. a glass of scotch mm-hmm. right now here in my oh, uh, my lounging jacket. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so Ricky and I were discussing uh, what to do for story time this week, and man, I'm really bummed we didn't get to go to the Hunter Burton, uh, you know, when it was supposed to be like a week ago, but hopefully we can go in August. Yeah. Uh, but I thought we could share some story time about why I love the Hunter Burton so much, because it is like an event by the bros for the bros, also for a, good cause. a very good yeah. cause. And of course, if I mean by the bros for the bros, Hunter Burton 1 had... Some very interesting stories for was me actually and Ricky. the third Hunter Burton? Oh, it was the third Hunter Burton. You're yeah. Right. yeah, it was the first, the first one I got, got to go to together. Yes. Yeah. Um, it was a, a definite blast for sure. Um, held in the good old uh, convention center in Fort Worth. Uh, Fort Worth where we yeah. were. Huh? I thought it's Hearst. This was the first one. Hearst. This is the first uh, one. They had two other ones that were way smaller events, but they, they still had oh, okay. them. Um, this is like the first big like, one, real yeah. big one, though, right? Like, yeah. And to celebrate how big it was, uh, we were first asked to only use one single door on the entire convention center to enter because behind there was also black curtains. A... Again, this this is again we don't want to fault uh, anyone at the Hunter Burton. We love the event, right? Like this is just this is just like just some of the craziest that just happened around the event uh, because there's unfortunately a cheerleading tournament going on at the same time. And uh, the chili moms did not look kindly upon us. Well, at first they couldn't see us because the curtain was up. And then at some point they yeah. decided that, like, hey, if you want to use the concession stand, you can go around the curtain. And that was just a mistake. That was just mean mugs waiting to happen. Yeah, the cheerleading moms were not appreciative of uh, of a lot of magic players who, uh, <laughs> you know, not not to be too stereotypical here, but a lot of us do kind of look pretty similar, I'm just going to say. You know? Sure. Uh, the the other the other standout thing that I always remember is of course uh, we were sort of we had a team deck in that event we were on Rally the Ancestors combo because this was during Cons of Tarkir and Theros the original Theros block. Standard. In fact, Fate Reforged and, had just come out. Yeah, this is like we were on the cutting. We were playing this deck before it was cool. Before Jaceburn's Prodigy made it a thing, and um, and we were playing. What was the name of that really like that common? It was a common that we it were trying Quisari to find. It was Quasari Sadist, and it helped Sadist, you in your mono yeah. red matchup. Because when it enters, you can sack a guy to drain three, right? Uh, to drain three, yes. And so we were playing three or four of them in the deck list, and we only had like seven or six of them. And there were three of us playing the deck. Yeah. So uh, we had enough that, like, I think it was me and I was down two copies. Yes. And so we're like, 
oh, we got to find this car. And so, like, we ran to the Walmart and bought, I think, between us all, like, almost a booster box's worth of packs. <laughs> yeah. And opened one of them. I think it was foil. So then... Yeah, it was a foil <laughs> one. So then we're still down one, and we get to the convention center and buy, like, ten more packs. And it's just like, dang, all right, I guess it's not going to happen. And then some guy who's been watching us the whole time taps me on the shoulder and just goes, you looking for this? <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, how many packs we opened to a find common. two commons? And only got one of them, and through just sheer luck of someone watching us the whole time, being like... Here you go. Um, also, there was a... All right. You're never going to let me live this down, what? are you? Oh, I wasn't, the, the I wasn't going for that. I was going to talk about... No, it's okay. I was gonna it's talk okay. About we co- we like, can talk about my sideboard. I was going to talk about how uh, the Hunter Burton is very big about like free giveaways, and there's some really cool stuff. Like, I got a Brainstorm pin, and like they had some cool dice. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely yep. one of the odder things they handed out uh, was... It, it would have been a cool pocket knife, but actually what they gave us was box cutter. A <laughs> they very flimsy yeah, box, box cutter. cutter, and like the like the intention was snap. good. It, it was just the scariest object to be handed. the The running joke became um, you had to go get yours for mutually assured destruction in case. Because what are you going to do when your opponent pulls their box cutter on you if, if you, you don't have yours? If yeah, they rage, if you don't have yours, right? Uh, of course, the best response was someone in our groups. Uh, Ricky, do you want to relay what his uh, comment believe, was when he, we asked uh, him why he didn't pick quote, his up? Um, if you stab me with one of those, it better kill me or else it's going up your ass. End quote. Yeah, it was just like... the going to be a lot of censoring this episode. Yeah, that's fine. It was just like the wildest thing of just like now everyone is running around with these flimsy knives that like... Mine got actually, stuck I open and, like, and I had to throw it away and I was like <laughs> yeah, afraid to throw it away. I like went to the bathroom and like wrapped it in paper towels as much as I could and then threw it away. Like I was like, this is I dangerous. Say, uh, mine I left in my magic bag for like a year or so until I just lost it. Uh, but I, it was actually kind of useful for just, like, opening, like, booster boxes or stuff like that. Like, they were actually, like, they were scarily they were sharp. really sharp. <laughs> uh, but, again, that we just love the event. And then, of course, um, because I'm going to forever have shame over this, uh, Ricky's never going to let me live down the fact that I boarded out a rally in one of my side I think in, like, games. every game. You kept telling me how you, like, the deck just wasn't working. And then I watched you and you, like, had a rally in your sideboard for some reason. Look, I always just had bad matchups where they just had, like, hate for it or they just had a way to interact with it. So I just always just cut one. And just, like, the deck's called Rally of the Ancestors. I don't know what you're doing without the rallies. Still casting rallies. Like, I was giving the people's elbow. Oh, yeah. That card was insane in that format. But uh, it was a fun event. A lot of fun. There were some great side events to be had. Uh, Man, I feel like we always... We definitely messed up by not, like... Because we kind of scrubbed out. We definitely um, scrubbed out. I definitely... I think... We, I might have like gotten, I might have broke even on match record. <laughs> um, I definitely think though, like um, we we were talking because there was a chaos draft for a top hat, and but we just kept like salty playing out in the main event, and we definitely talked about how we lost value by not just dropping and playing in the for a top hat draft. Yep, uh, the for real ballers only that was written on the uh, sign up sheet <laughs> for ballers only. Yep, the top hat draft. It was a fun event. I hope uh, I hope it uh, you know everything clears up in August. We can go to the rescheduled one because I was really looking forward yeah, to definitely. the Hunter Burton again. It's a lot of fun down here in Texas for a great cause, and 
definitely a really fun non-traditional tournament. You don't like even if you lose, you don't feel bad. Like it's not like a a big no. The staff the staff do an amazing job because it's also a very like it's very community folk. Like it is um, essentially everyone that runs it is a magic player or like a judge, like hardcore in the community, right? Yeah. It was um, and there's so, a sweet watch given you know, out. There's a lot of nice yep. uh, things going on, side events. This year is like the special – is a special pen is their like big sort of giveaway this year. And like the winners of the two main events I think get like number one or two of the limited run pen they're doing and stuff like that. Like It's definitely dope. And of course all the money goes to a great cause. So again, um, hopefully we get to go in August. It's going to be a lot of fun. And it is just one of those like – it is one of the funnest tournaments I've ever played in, and I'm excited to finally get to go back again, and hopefully we do get to go back again. What do you think of that story, Chris? Loved it. Except, uh, you know, knife safety. Uh, next time, <laughs> next time we'll talk safety. about uh, the 200-man uh, PTQ where the ceiling started collapsing. Oh, man. yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. I can't yeah. wait for that story. That one I actually haven't heard before. <laughs> it goes way back for me and Chris. <laughs> I almost forgot about that story, but yeah. I, all right. I'm pretty sure. Didn't it fall I on actually, the guy I refer- referenced I, last episode who played with his 40 on the table every game? I drove past that hotel a few days ago. Uh, I rode with one of my roommates to go uh, into Austin to pick up something for his wife. So, Is, is this there like a go. similar story that Smash Tournament that had to move ho- ho- hotels? It is not. It is. Well, it'll, okay. Next time. You'll, you'll get it. Next time. Okay. All right. All right. All right. A little teaser for next week. So thank you for joining us for some Ikoria talk. A lot of Ikoria talk, actually. And we can't wait to see what gets spoiled in the remaining days left of spoiler season. When we come back to you all next week as we wrap up and probably, I think, give our top five cards of the set, right? I'm down. Yeah. Let's make the list. All right. Let's do it. Well, this is me, Ruckman. Of course, you can find us on Twitter at Crew3Podcast. You can find these boys at... It's underscore Christmas At also on Twitter. Steve and on Doormonster TV on Twitter, uh, Twitch. And then, of course, we are also Crew 3 Podcast on Twitch, streaming Fridays and Saturdays. Um, I don't think we're going to be streaming this Sunday just because I'll be hanging out with family, hopefully. Uh, but I think Friday, you know, I get the day off because it's Good Friday. So maybe we'll have a little bit of a earlier, bit of a longer stream on Friday, maybe play some leagues finally. Mm-hmm. Try and get a little bit go. of a more competitive nature here. Then sort of what we're used to with our sort of chill, relaxed Friday night streams. Uh, but it'll be a lot of fun, go. and of course, as always, we are also have the YouTube channel. We're posting deck lists and gameplays, and on one of those, I posted the VOD from the Mazes End stream, which turned out to be a lot of fun. So definitely, if you haven't checked that out, go check that video out. And we should have a video coming up later this week, if not early next week. There we go. So uh, thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you all next time. Bye. All right, bye. Bye.